Hello, welcome to PRWC Worcester podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit of God illuminate your hearts. Your presence is heaven to me. we get ourselves ready to listen to the word of the Lord. Continue to meditate upon the words, the lyrics of the song. Your presence is heaven to me. And we believe that his presence is made manifest in our midst this morning. Yes, Lord, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Move in this sanctuary. Move wherever we find ourselves. In our rooms, in our cars, in our workplaces, on campus. Father, may your presence be tangibly felt. In the name of Jesus. We bless your name, O oh God. Have your way this morning. Take absolute control of our hearts and our minds. And speak to us the way you want to speak this morning. In Jesus' name. Say the whole church shout a big amen. amen. Oh, a better amen. amen. Praise the Lord. We want to bless the Lord this morning for another wonderful Sunday. Those of you that are joining us from home, welcome to PRWC Worcester, where the spirit of the Lord reigns. We are grateful to what God is doing even in these times and seasons. If you were with us last week, you will recall that we have begun a new series which we have called them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Now verse 4 says, Nevertheless, I have this against you. That you have left your first love. Therefore, if churches were a representation of the end time church, not necessarily the physical edifice or geographical location, but the spirit and essence of church and what God expects the end time church to do. In other words, he picks certain characteristics that he perceives will become the nature of the end time church and gives us warnings and rebukings and even directions as to how we can represent him properly even in these end times. The one that we're talking about is the first church, the Ephesus church, the church in Ephesus. Nevertheless, I have this against you, says the Lord. Why? Because you have left your first love. We realize that the church was great. They did so many things that pleased the Lord. But the thing that God had against them was the fact that it was a loveless church. They loved less. Emphasis is on first 
first love. Now, uh, let me see how many married people we have in the house here. <laughs> Cast your mind back when you first saw your wife. Hello? Bringing some good memories, right? Oh, cast your mind back when you first saw your husband. Mine told me one time that if I don't marry you, I'll die. And I said, you, you shall not die. You will live because I'm going to marry you. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. That's what love can do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and thank God she's still alive. <laughs> Because I'm loving her to death. Praise the Lord. When you are in love, where I remember when we were young, when, when a man loves a woman, how many of you remember that song? I know we're in church. I know we're in church, but yeah. He would do everything for her. If the woman says, lay your jacket on the floor, let me walk on it, he would do it. Says, jump, he says, how high? Because you are so much in love. So much in love. Unfortunately, for many of us, as the time goes by and six-packs turn to round packs and all that stuff, right, you realize that we are shifting gradually, either consciously or unconsciously, from the way we used to feel. This is the same analogy that Christ is teaching us this morning. Because you remember that the church is the bride of Christ, and he is the bridegroom. So he's saying, have you forgotten how much we used to love each other? Have you forgotten how much I loved you in the first place? Because we didn't know how to love. He showed us how to love. And have you forgotten how much you reciprocated that love back to me? So though you do all the good stuff, there is one thing that I have against you. It's because you've forgotten that love. And because everything else finds its foundation on love, if you miss that foundation, anything else that you do is wobbly. It won't stand. It becomes fake. It becomes habitual. It becomes artificial. Therefore, go back to the basics. Come back to loving me. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 24, 7, as we read last week, just want to read right by reading that again. Jesus himself telling us some of the things that would happen. And because of that, the love of many will grow wax cold. Matthew 24, verses 7 to 13 says... For nations will rise against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be famine and pestilences. Oh boy, are we seeing that in our midst? Earthquakes in various places. Yeah. Let me not go there. <laughs> Hallelujah. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Oh, mercy. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulations and kill some of you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended because of all that's going on. Many will be offended and will begin to betray one another and will begin to hate one another. Verse 11 says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive you. Are we seeing that in our dispensation? He didn't say many prophets. We love prophets. We want their ministry to be active in our church. But we don't want false prophets. That's what Jesus was warning against. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of these lawlessness that would abound, 
the love of many will grow wax cold. Wax cold. The false prophet says, this is going to happen. It didn't happen. He says, it's going to happen tomorrow. It didn't happen. He says, it's going to happen next month. It didn't happen. So because of that, ah, forget this prophet thing. When a church and God says it's going to do X, Y, Z and nothing happens, ah, forget this. I'm looking at pandemic that's going on, COVID. People are dying like flies. I'm looking at the economy. My 401k is just crushing. And so the love that you used to have, you've allowed all these other things that Jesus was prophesying, by the way, caused it to grow wax cold. But in 13, he says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Oh, has it? He who endures to the end shall be saved. Church, we will endure to the end. Mm, somebody, you don't believe it. You don't believe it. I say, you will endure to the end. Because God is still with us. His presence is still with us. It doesn't matter what we go through. He will see us through. But what does it mean to be loveless? That's where we ended last Sunday, and we just kind of want to wrap it up as to what God wants us to do. When a person's heart grows wax cold, when a person therefore doesn't have that relationship that he or she used to have, whether being in a marital relationship or being in ecclesiastical relationship as we and Christ, then these things are made manifest. Number one, the execution of duties and roles, I think I mentioned it last week, replaces personal devotion. So what it is is the devotion and the intimacy that you used to have with Christ is substituted for just, well, duty, roles. So some of us, we just check mark. Oh, this morning I prayed, so check mark. This morning I did my Bible studies, check, check mark. Oh, I paid my tithe this month, check mark. That is duty, role, with no devotion. You become just like our forefathers before grace, so to speak, who would just calculate their level of righteousness and intimacy by the works that they performed. Lord, you see, I'm not like this other brother sitting next to me praying because you know me, I pray 10 times a day. I pay my tithes. I treat my wife well. I do all these good things. And so listen to me more than that brother. It becomes duty, role, with no devotion. Performance now replaces worship. Performance. Many years ago when Kirk Franklin had a song, he says, we are just puppets on the stage without the spirit of God. Puppets. So we perform, but there's no substance. Why? Because we've lost our first love. All we do is just go, oh, you Kirk Franklin, man, go sing. Everybody knows you. Your reputation is at stake. So he gets on stage and he performs. But the deep personal devotion with Christ is gone what he was trying to reveal in that song. Many of us, that's where we've gotten to. And so we get into church programs because we just have to be there. Perhaps if I don't get there, pastor will call me, elder will call me. And so it becomes more of satisfying some sort of regulation as opposed to a deep-seated devotion which comes from love. This morning, the Lord is speaking to us that we don't replace performance with worship. I tell my praise and worship people all the time, like, look, you are not singers. You are ministers. If God were looking for people who could sing better than us, not you. 
But because you carry greater anointing in you, whether the tune is good, whether the key is off, there is power in it. Because you are worshiping, ministering, as opposed to performing. We pray that that will be our portion. Hallelujah. When a church is loveless, it becomes self-propagation as opposed to Christ-proclamation. And so it becomes about us, us. And remember last week we talked about the fact that we're not talking about the church as a corporate alone, but we're talking about church as an individual person, as you said. I am the church. You are the church. Wherever I go, I represent God. I am the church. Christ in me. And so he's saying it gets to a point where when the love goes away, it becomes self-propagation as opposed to Christ-proclamation. You forget who your husband is. You forget who your wife is. You forget who you represented. And so it becomes just me, me, me. And boy, in these end time days, churches are just self-propagating themselves all over the place. People worshiping celebrities as opposed to Christ Jesus. That's what Christ is telling us. When the love is gone and we become loveless, these are the things that happen. When a church loses its love, the right doctrine is adhered to, but the right heart to proclaim it is lacking. We become like a pharisaical religious stuntman. You are a born-again Christian. You're not a Pharisee. And so, yes, it's good to adhere to doctrines, good to adhere to the word of God, but where is your heart to really exhibit it? So it still becomes rules and regulations and do's and don'ts and you are evil and we are righteous and us against them. And because you did X, Y, Z, you are going to hell and I'm going to heaven. No. We lose relevance as a church if we begin to behave and act that way because that's what Christ is saying. It is loveless. 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 Number four. Charisma replaces character. Charisma replaces character. Boy, do we want charisma? You better believe it. Because it's the same spirit that gives as he pleases. Do we need character? You bet. Because it is that character that sustains that charisma. It's that character that reveals the source of the charisma. So when Paul was writing in 1 Corinthians describing love, he says that charisma without character is like a sounding gong, a clenching symbol. It's just noise making. Why? Because it's void of love. So I can speak, I can reveal, I can heal, I can do all this, but if there is no love, and that's a matter of fact, the foundation of it is not love. You are just making noise. So scripture is saying. And I bet you in the end time days, that's where we find ourselves sometimes. We do. Many of us have been chased after that without recognizing that where is the source of this charisma? And so you hear things in the news and you marvel. Why did this pastor do X, Y, Z? Why did this man of God do X, Y, Z? They cherish charisma, but without character. That's not who God wants us to be as a church. That's not who he wants us to be. 
Paul says, let me show you an excellent way. After enumerating all the charismatic gifts, let me show you an excellent way. And what was the excellent way? Love. So let's not be so gang-ho on just portraying charisma. But above all, let's cultivate character. The gift of the Spirit in combination with the fruit of the Spirit. That is what God expects us to do. But here in Ephesus, it says it was a loveless church. And therefore, that was all that they were looking for. When programs and routines replace true passion and service, we become a loveless church. I'm a loveless church. You know what I'm talking about. Don't need to elaborate that too much. But we are praying that God will grant us the wisdom, the discernment, not to be programmed church, but to be devotional church. Where we know what he wants and what he thinks would fit and feed his people and his flock better to cause them to be growing and edifying in the spirit, in total maturity, to a measure of the stature of Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians that is a purpose, not just programs and events and performances. We pray that as we grow and as he teaches us this morning, we will get back to our consciousness. So because of that, Christ, according to Apostle John in his prophecy, warns them, if you don't repent, if you don't change and get back to loving me, get back to that relationship, get back to that devotion, Get back to that relationship that we used to have. I will come quickly. This is first verse 5b of the same revelation. I will come quickly and remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. You remember we learned last week that the lampstand represented the leaders of the church. And when he was describing, he says, and Christ moves within amongst the lampstand. It is his authority that a church Stands. And so if he removes himself out of it, we become just an edifice. We become just an edifice. That's it. So this is a church building, but the church is us and the presence of Christ. When you take us and the presence of Christ from this building, boy, didn't it used to be a team says building? It will go back to a team says building. But when his presence is within the midst of his people, then it becomes a church. As you move around as a church yourself, when the presence of God is made manifest within you, when you can relate with him on a devotional, relational way, you are the church. But when his presence is void in you and all you do is carnal flesh, me, myself, and I, then you are not the church. And he says, because you are drifting away, from loving me, if you don't repent, if we don't repent, you remove his presence away from us. God forbid. We pray just like David prayed. Do not cast me away from your presence. Restore in me that joy of salvation, the love, the passion that I had for you back in the days. And renew the right spirit within me. Oh, how that prayer will come into manifestation in the midst of God's people where you begin to get back on track, have that same passion. Because of that, as I said last week, you realize that the church in Ephesus, history says, died in the second century. It died. That vibrant, 
powerful church with all the great apostles passing through it, including Apostle Paul, Apostle, Apostle John, including Jesus' mother, including Timothy. All these miracles happened. It got to a point where he just died because they became loveless. Pray that that will never happen in our midst, that our hearts will always be in tune with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. What is it that we ought to do, Lord? You have rebuked us enough. We've come back to the realization that we have drifted so far away from you. He didn't just leave us like that. He gave us instructions. Revelations 2, 5 again, where we read three things that he talked about. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Number one. Number two, repent and do the first works. Go back to what you used to do. So three things that we want to talk about here according to what God through his word is telling us to do to get back on track. Number one, remember. Number two, repent. And number three, repeat or reproduce. Remember, repent, repeat or reproduce. Turn with me to Ephesians 3, 14. To 21. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 21. Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church, the same church that we're talking about in Ephesus, and things that he had prayed for them is exactly what this revelation also came to remind them of. You realize that God was constantly pricking them, warning them, poking them to get themselves back. Ephesians chapter 3, 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he's praying for them. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, the church. We represent him. Our name is derived from Christ alone. Verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Inner man. You got to be well established from the core of your soul, your inner man. The prayer that God will strengthen us with might through his spirit in our inner man. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell where? In your hearts, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in what? Love. That was the apostles' prayer for the church in Ephesus. My topmost prayer for you is that this great God, whom you carry his name as a church, as a child of God, will grant you strength and might that you'll be strengthened in the inner core of your being so you are rooted and grounded. Nothing moves you. But what am I rooting and grounding myself in? Love. Verse 18. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, what is the depth, and what is the height to know the love of Christ which passes all Knowledge. 
Oh, church, we're praying that we will come to the level of experiencing the height, the width, the, the length, and the depth of the love of God in our midst. That is our desire. Because we don't want to be a loveless church and begin to exhibit signs of a loveless church. But Paul had already written to that church, Ephesus. And this morning, he's telling us through the word of God that we will know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. And not that, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know what? Love is the fullness of God. Because Christ is love. And if he's in us, he is the fullness of the almighty God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. According to the power that works in us. 21. To him be the glory. Where? In the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Note the word to all generations. It means in our dispensation also. Our knowledge of Christ and his love will be made known. Let's go through what we ought to do then. Remember, number one. It means casting back your mind to your first love. When you first fell in love, as I told you, in the beginning, what was your attitude? What was your commitment? How was the level of relationship? You couldn't sleep when the president called you one night. You got worried because you haven't gotten a text from that person. Get back to that situation. And let me take this opportunity to say, though we're talking about the church, I pray that if you're in a marital situation, get back to that situation. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Remember how you felt when you first loved him and you were in his arms, Jesus. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us and he still loved us. Can you imagine back in the days where you looked at just and said, whoa, he still loves me? With all the filth on me, he loves me and he brings me back to himself and cleanses me. How did you feel? Get back to that. Get back to that. It means going back to remember how it used to love him back. That audacious feeling that you had. You couldn't wait till you pray. You couldn't wait till you get up in the middle of the night and pray. You couldn't wait till you read scripture. You couldn't wait till you meet with a brother in the community. Because you were madly in love with this man called Jesus. Get back to that. Don't let the affairs of this world, and as Jesus has prophesied, pestilences and all the wars and the confusions cause our love to grow wax cold. This morning, may the Spirit of God begin to melt every heart that is wax. In the name of Jesus, that we get back to loving him. So it's not something somebody requests of me, but it is my own devotional worship to Christ. It's not mandatory that I got to get up and pray at 2 a.m. No, I love him so much that I can't wait to talk to him at 2 a.m. May you receive that spirit, even in the name of Jesus. Let that passion and zeal towards Christ come back. So it says, remember, cast your mind back. Because that will bring you some good memories. Number two, Repent. Don't just remember, but repent. See, repentance is not crying. Repentance is not weeping. 
Son of our repentance is not even feeling sorry. Those are all good. Because I can cry <laughs> when my wife says something that, <laughs> what's up, babe? <laughs> I can weep when things are not going my way. Honestly, my human conscience can make me feel sorry for doing something that conscionably is not right. But that's not repentance. Those are all good. It's okay. Because your emotions are reveling up concerning whatever situation you find yourself in. Repentance is simply turning. Turn. Make a U-turn. So don't feel sorry. Don't weep. Don't cry. And still stay there. If you're going to weep, turn. If you're going to cry, turn. If you're going to feel sorry, turn. That's what the Lord is telling us this morning. Repent. Remember and turn. You're going east, turn to west. You're going north, turn to south. Because I want you to know that you're going on the wrong trajectory, but I want you to remember, and when you remember how we felt to be loved and how you loved me back, then turn back. When you go to our PRWC website, we have a logo that says, Welcome home. Welcome home. That's what it means. Turn back. But the prodigal son, he didn't just cry and felt sorry for himself. He didn't pick feet, um, meat and pick, pick um, feet, food. He turned. He says, I'm going to go back. Even if he says, you know, just go and sit in that little garage there. I will still sleep in that garage because I felt how it used to be loved. Therefore, I'm going to go back. Oh, God, help us to repent. Some of you, your hearts have grown wax cold. I'm here to tell you, God says, Repent. Sis, you used to be the one that called people and checked on them. How are you? We haven't seen you in church in a while. Now you've stopped. Repent. I can go on and on and on and on and on, but you know that the Spirit of the Lord is talking to you. Oh, hallelujah. It means change your ways, not only in spirit, but also in purpose. Getting back on track with the Lord. Number three, repeat or reproduce. So if you remembered, you've made a U-turn, now you're on the back, on track. Do the things that you used to do. That's what the Lord is telling us. Begin to bear fruit once again. How do you do that? Allow the Spirit of the Lord to work in you, to produce the fruit of love. It's amazing the scripture says, by their fruits you will know them. If we are the church, our fruits should show that we are the church. And the essence of that paramount is love. Let us show forth passion and zeal again. The passion to do. The passion to love. The passion to say, here I am, Lord, use me. The passion to say, I can, I can go downtown and win souls for the Lord. It doesn't matter what's going on. The passion to say, yeah, no, that sister hurt me so bad. I still am going to love him or her back. Let's get back to doing that again. Simply put. Let us demonstrate the love of God through the love for God. So you can say, I love God, which is great. But let it translate and demonstrate to the love of God to others, to his work, to his vocation. So it doesn't become mechanical, but it becomes triggered by devotion and love. Even as we wrap it up, 1 John 4, 7 to 11. 1 John 
4 to 11. These are what God wants us to do. Remember, repent, and repeat or reproduce. Get back in track. 1 John 4, 7 to 11. Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. Now I want to ask yourself, are you born of God? Are you born of the Spirit, washing his blood? The answer should be emphatically yes. If that's the case, then everyone that is born of God loves. Because God is love. Not only that, but he knows God. <laughs> Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Live through him. If I am a child of God, if we are the church, we live through him. In him, we live, move, and have our being, our existence, our relevance. And if we are living through him and he is love, then we better be emitting love. That's our calling. That's our mandate. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us first. He proposed to us first. He said, I love you regardless, in spite, first. And sent his only son to be a propitiation for our sin. Therefore, verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Let us not be a loveless church. We must demonstrate the love of God through the love for God. For that reason, as we wrap up, let us stand for the right doctrine. But let us also demonstrate a loving heart in its proclamation and exhibition. I come here and I pray and I fellowship and I worship the Lord. When I step outside, I still carry the same church attribute. Therefore, I need to be loving even outside this perimeter. Let charisma be manifested with character. We must desire the gift, but yet cultivate the fruit of the Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to work through us. By their fruits, they will know us. They will know us. Let us endeavor to develop true relationship with Christ, not religious routines and dogmatic adherences. Have a relationship, not a religious stunt and routines and gymnastics. May God grant us grace. Hallelujah. And lastly, we pray that we have a total devotion. A devotion that manifests in a sacrificial worship. Sacrificial worship. Not mandatory duties. Not mandatory duties. Let me say this, and allow me to say this, because the Spirit of the Lord is bubbling in my spirit. You don't need to wait to be put on the program to prepare to come and preach. You don't wait to see on the church program screen and say, I'm leading open prayer or whatever, so you go and then now you fast and you try to find songs. It's an evidence of lack of relationship. I hope I'm speaking to somebody in this house. Have a constant relationship with him. Talk to him every day. And he will grant you divine revelations. 
And so when God so grace you and you're on a program, you don't waste time grabbing through stuff and thinking, he's already giving you a word. Why? Because you have a relationship. Total devotion, which leads to sacrificial worship, not mandatory duties. Franklin Graham once said, a God is not looking for people that will work for him. Because sometimes that's the way we think. I'm working for God. I'm working for God. No. He doesn't need you to work for him. He's looking for people through whom he would work. Through whom he would work. So don't act like I'm working for the Lord. I'm tired. I'm not going to do this. Oh, I'm, I'm do that. I'm do that. No. Your love is wax cold. This morning he says, repent. Remember. Come back. So that he can work through you. If we remember our first love, may we not be loveless. May he cause us to begin to reproduce and repeat, even as an end time church, so that he doesn't get so mad at us to the point that he will take his lampstand away from us. But every day when we gather here, when we are with him in our closets, we can feel his presence. We can feel his presence. Though we may be meeting on Zoom, may be meeting on, on, on teleconference, still we can feel his presence. But when a loveless church meets, there's nothing. You can feel zip. I'm praying that God will prick our hearts like the church in Ephesus. That it will not be said of us to be loveless, but it will be said that people who returned to their first love and began to begin to have a relationship with this great God. May it be so, even in our lives, now and forevermore, in Jesus' name. Shall we be on our feet? Shall we be on our feet? Shall we be on our feet? Somebody be on your feet. Begin to meditate upon the word that has come. It's for you and it's for me. God is not talking to anybody else. He's talking to us. You are the right person, the right reason why this message came. Wherever you are listening to me, God is talking to you. You know yourself. You know how far you've drifted from your passion and your zeal. You know it. He's talking to you right now. What description do you want him to give when he comes? A loveless church or a loving church? You got so much giftings and grace upon your life, but you have so much disassociated yourself from him. And therefore, he's not working through you. He's talking to you. Just lift your hands up, somebody. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to
us to remember, cause us to repent, cause us to repeat that love. Draw us back to our first love. We have drifted so far. Circumstances have moved us away from your presence. We've allowed the hate and certain malices and the pain and the shame that we go through, oh God, cause our hearts to grow wax cold. But this morning with our hands on our hearts, we are praying, Spirit Divine, revive this heart again. Cause us to go back to our first love. Bring the passion back again. Bring the zeal back again. Bring the relationship back again. 
bring the devotion back again. Somebody open your mouth and begin to talk to the Lord. Help us, oh God, bring us back, bring us back, bring us back. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, let it be a sweet, sweet, sweet sound in your ear. He's talking to us that what you used to do with joy and passion. Get back to it. Get back to it. Some of you used to get up in the middle of the night and just intercede for people that you don't even know. Get back to it. Some of you couldn't wait to get downtown somewhere to say Jesus loves you, spreading the gospel message. You've stopped. Get back to it. Some of you, it was a burden upon your heart. And every day you just want to find something to give somebody, bless somebody's heart with. Go to grocery and buy something for somebody. You've stopped. Get back to it. Ah, he's speaking to somebody this morning. Speak to our heart, Jesus. That we would manifest your glory in love. We are the end time church. Your kingdom representatives right here on earth. May we stay relevant, oh God. Even in these difficult times and seasons. May we not fall prey to what is going around and just follow blindly. But in everything we do, begin to exhibit your love. Oh, Masabrandelibos. Thank you, Jesus. You may be home listening to me and you have no relationship with this man we're talking about. His name is Jesus. He first loved us, even when we were sinners. It doesn't matter where you've been, where you are, where you're going. He still loves you. Give you that offer to come to him. If you're that person, I just want to pray with you. Simple prayer. Just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for letting me know that I'm still loved. In spite of my present situation. This day I confess that I am a sinner. For that reason you came to die for me. I confess you as my Lord. As my master. As my savior. Come into my heart. Let me experience this love that was talked about today. And cause me to love others. And may your glory and purpose be made manifest in my life. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. You said this prayer, the Lord says you are his. 
You are beginning to feel love right there in your spirit. You begin to have that relationship with him. That peace is coming back. That peace is coming back. All you need to do is get to know him better. If you do of a church that is biblically based, you can attend. But if not, we are here. We are here for you. should be a number at the bottom of the screen. Just call that number and somebody will be right there to talk to you. Even as we welcome you back to this family. May the Lord bless you. Father, we thank you for today. We give you all praise and honor for who you are, for what you were able to do in the midst of your people. Your word has come forth with power and conviction. This is our prayer, oh God. May we not be stubborn in our own minds and in our own intuitions and sense and wisdom. Cause us, oh God, to open up unto you. Convict our hearts. Cause us to remember. Cause us to repent. And cause us to repeat that your glory, oh God, in this end time days will be made manifest through us, the church, who you have purpose, that we will demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers. Let that come to pass in PIWC, in every member of this church, that your name forever will be glorified. We bless you and we give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. And all the saints shouted a big amen. amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray you were blessed. Please don't forget to click on the other episodes to continue in your journey with us. Don't forget to also share and follow this podcast. May the good Lord bless you.